2: What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. My name is Alex Croson, and of course I'm here with host Number Doze. Good day! Good day!
1: Don't think anything further through that, Alex. That is just me saying good day with excitement.
2: Okay, so I shouldn't assume that we're about to venture on some sort of, I don't know... New Zealand and/or Australian themed series of trees over the next few weeks.
1: Correct. Don't make that assumption. Okay. <laughs> well done. Well done.
2: Okay. Should I just wait for you to tell me instead of making that assumption?
1: Uh, no. I just uh, I I, I said it because I was excited, mm-hmm. and then I realized that we're talking about a New Zealand tree. Yes. Not Australian. Australians are notable for their uh the the classic good day. Good day. And uh, so now I'm, I'm realizing that everyone's gonna think, "Oh my gosh, Casey, you're an idiot." We're a different country. I know that it's a coincidence, and I'm I'm trying to just shine a light on
2: that. I think it's possible that New Zealanders say "good day." It, it could be.
1: I have never heard a single person in this entire um, world, other than one Australian, say
2: it. And, and that Australian I mean, was an um, Australian was uh, Crocodile Dundee. It was the Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. Yeah. So yeah. that's not a knife.
1: Anyway, no, good day, Alex. Good morning, Good morning, um, Casey. I hope everything is going great. Yeah, everything's all right. Do you know there's a meteor shower right now?
2: I did not know that.
1: I didn't either until I looked it up, but you know uh, here in Oregon, mm-hmm. it, we have clouds all the time. and the only time True. we see meteor showers are in the in like middle of August or July.
2: Okay, yeah, when there's no clouds. Exactly, because
1: yeah. I, I just randomly saw that one was coming up, and I was like, oh, I wonder what it is. And it was like, it's peaking right
2: now. <laughs> it's and, peaking.
1: Yeah, and I looked up, and I was like, that, there's an, it's impossible.
2: If only it were peaking through the clouds. Yeah,
1: right. Oh, wow.
2: All right, Casey. Well, today...
1: Get out of here.
2: We're talking about a very interesting tree. In fact, we're talking about a a tree... The likes of which we have never ever talked about. No,
1: we haven't even come close before.
2: This is our very first potocarp. carp. Yes. You would think on a podcast we'd be talking all about poto carps, but this is our first one.
1: Yeah, and you know how much of a uh, like how distressful that is to me
2: that we haven't talked about potocarps. carps. Yes. Well, you put your distress aside, turn it into normal stress because today
1: <laughs>
2: we're finally getting into it. That's right. Today we're talking about the Totara.
1: Yes. Well done. I had
2: to stop myself from the other pronunciation.
1: Yeah. Now I told you that uh, I actually really wanted to do this tree uh, when we did My Neighbor Totoro.
2: Right. Because
1: I thought it would be hilarious to have one that's called My Neighbor Totara. Right. And then realize, and are like, oh, I love that movie. And then we talk about a tree from a different volcanic island <laughs> in the southern hemisphere that has nothing to do with a camphor tree or uh, Shinto or anything like that. Wow. Kind of funny, you know, right? You, yeah,
2: yeah. You it think? would be, I think it would subvert expectations, which is in itself.
1: <laughs> subvert <hilarity>. expectations? <laughs> I love that. That's a great term.
2: You know. It's all about <laughs> subverting expectations. Yeah,
1: I like uh, I like the idea of subverting an expectation where uh-huh. you're just really undermining it.
2: Wait, what is what am I saying wrong?
1: Uh, like I I don't know. You're not saying anything wrong. It's just oh. I don't think it's a common use of either one of those terms. Oh, of course, it is. I don't think I've ever heard subvert expectations. What is
2: the fir- what do you usually hear? Uh, is there a different term that you hear? I more? just don't think I've ever heard. That. Oh well, subverting expectations is like you know classic, uh, you know. I, I, I can't believe you've never heard this term. No,
1: is that? I, I feel like there's another term that I can't think of that's very close. Like, remember a couple weeks ago, you said superfluous, when uh-huh. you actually meant uh, superlative. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm thinking might be happening. Well,
2: Casey, we, we could spend all day trying to figure out what the hell each other is saying, but I think instead we should take a quick break mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when we get back, we're getting into our first of a few New Zealand trees. However, before we take our break, I want to propose something. Yes. Since we are talking about New Zealand trees, I think uh-huh. I think um, the expectation mm-hmm. is that you and I will bring up Lord of the Rings a lot because those films were shot oh. in New Zealand, directed by a New Zealand filmmaker. Yes. However, we are going to subvert expectations yeah. and say every time you and I accidentally mention Lord of the Rings, okay. we're going to put a dollar in a jar. Okay. And at the end of the month, we'll buy ourselves a little treat.
1: A little llama's bread?
2: There's one dollar.
1: Oh, damn it.
2: <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry, dude. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, if I want a little treat, I should encourage us to talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. That's the whole game, You really. know what? Everyone
1: else, if you at any point think about that movie series yeah. that has to do with those characters mm-hmm. in that place, you have to send us a dollar.
2: Yes, please.
1: That's, uh, that's the rule. Starting
2: now. Casey, you've got to take a quick break. Okay. When we get back, we're talking totara here on Completely Arbitrary.
0: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com.
2: Welcome back. Casey is, as it has become tradition, Casey is removing his sweatshirt.
1: It turns to, out that uh, to I reveal closed,
2: a second sweatshirt.
1: Close the window behind me, and then it gets really hot.
2: Yeah, I've got the uh, my my normal. I know this is very bad for many reasons, but my norm, my go to in the winter time is to have the window open and the heat cranked.
1: Which is counter um, to how I think it should be done.
2: Well, that's fine. I do a lot of things. counter I subvert your expectations you constantly. You do
1: subvert my expectations. Yeah, I actually, I knew that about you and I had mean, I, I didn't mean to comment. I actually specifically didn't mm-hmm. um, because you made it comments before where you like to have fresh air
2: yes but you also don't want to be cold exactly it makes perfect sense to me yeah 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 so the same in the car the I car is the same way crank the heat turn the windows down
1: now see in the car though i don't have any problem with it because you're not using uh like extra energy to do it you're j- it's heating the air off the off the engine that's actively already doing something oh. else but this you have to use extra energy spent for the purpose of heating your apartment it's not like a side heating. So if you could turn on this little heater and it really just came from the boiler down below in your <laughs> right. basement or something. The
2: hot springs underneath the building. Yeah, exactly.
1: Then great, that uh, that all works out. It's uh, You're using extra energy from another thing.
2: Well, I don't know bit- what to tell you, Case.
1: That's all right. Just maybe try to be better.
2: Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, let's imagine as we do every episode that you and I... Or walking along somewhere in New Zealand where these trees grow, we come across the tree. Now it's going to look a little different, but I will still recognize it as a tree.
1: You will. In fact, you'll, you'll yeah, I think there would be no question about it.
2: But there's there's still something a little off. And I say, Casey, let's ID this tree.
1: Ah, uh, I'm so happy that you say it that way. But I'm also, it's a little bit, a uh, little bit, little, uh, I disagree. You're going to walk into a tree. And you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, oh my God, that thing's huge. Oh, wow. It is the totara, which is podocarpus totara or totara uh, or my cousin podocarpus totara. <laughs> I always say my cousin. I think that's a little funnier. so. we're going to call this my cousin totara. Um, so that is a species of podocarp and the scientific name is podocarpus totara. Which is lovely because the common name is just totara.
2: Should we up top before we start talking about podocarps? Uh-huh. We're using we're using this word a lot. Let's yeah. let's define it really quickly. Oh,
1: I would love to because Alex, we're going to talk way more about
2: it. Oh, okay. Should we should we hold off then? No,
1: this is the perfect moment. Okay, let's do so, it. This is allegedly the biggest genus of conifers in the world
2: this is surprising subverting my expectations
1: and this is why i said (laughs) we are remiss for having gone now three whole years and not ever covered a single one but the reason that it's not covered by me is that admittedly we have a pacific northwest bias a bit it's because this is where we are this is what we know this Mm -hmm. is the most this is this is my experience as an arborist as a tree person I go outside and I see the trees.
2: And we don't have podocarps here. We
1: don't. In fact, podocarps are almost exclusively a southern hemisphere tree species, Ah, genus, everything. Even the whole family. Because there is a whole family called podocarpaceae. So this is a family that has... It's uh, very closely related and allied to the Arakariaceae, Mm. which are the the monkey puzzles and their ilk. Yeah, Um, And those two are all within this one big family, the Arcariales. I ar-cariales? love that.
2: Arcariales?
1: Yeah, yeah. So if it ends in A-L-E-S, uh-huh. it's an alley or ailey. Uh-huh. I just think it's fun.
2: Is that the family?
1: That is the order,
2: actually. Order, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, so there's only a few orders. There's like the cycads, ginkgos, the knee tails, don't even ask about it. And this is all under like conifers. Okay. And then there's the pineales, arcariales, and the cooper sales, or rather the pineales, arcariales. <laughs> Oh my
2: god, <laughs> this madness has to stop
1: Yes, now I think I added in an extra extra syllable there just because it was more fun that way I'm positive you did Yeah, anyway
2: Potocarpaceae so, is the, right. is the family here Exactly Potocarpus is the genus Yes And today we are talking about
1: Potocarpus totara
2: Totara, yes. okay
1: So Totara, I've also heard, Um, this is a Maori word. It's a Maori tree. Of course, they are the people who've lived there since I think I read 1280. So they've been there for uh, nigh on a thousand years. Okay, And they are, they've named all their trees just the way any indigenous group has named all the trees and plants around their area. And so one thing I do love about New Zealand is that they have tended to either go back to or put forward the indigenous names for the trees yeah. rather than calling this the, the the black pine of new zealand right. it's like, okay let's actually give this the name that
2: was initially given that is cool cowrie is the same way
1: uh exactly yeah yeah so and actually quite a few trees in this same family so potto the family has 174 species Everything in Cupersaceae, the cypress family, which includes Taxaceae, which Mm. is, I'm sorry, which includes Taxodiaceae, which is the redwoods and sequoias and things like that, that has 154. So it's just a little bit smaller as a family. Okay. Now, the biggest family of these funny little trees is the pine family. Pine family has 234. Species.
2: I thought you said that Podocarpus had the most conifers. It
1: does. The
0: genus.
2: Oh, so the okay. family,
1: biggest family, that's pine uh-huh. family, which includes your true furs and true cedars, your larches and spruces, pines, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now Podocarpaceae is. Not unknown. It's very well known. Yeah. But only because it grows down in the southern hemisphere is it not so well known to people up in the higher latitudes.
2: This is Pinus country. Or this is Pinaceae country. Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
1: Pinaceae country with a little bit of Cupressaceae. But sure. then so this is a whole family that has been it's a it's a Guandanin family. So it was growing along with the uh arcarias down in the supercontinent in the southern hemisphere called Gondwana hmm. which included Australia, New Zealand, actually India, hmm. interestingly, Antarctica, Africa and South America. Okay. Everything up above that was Laurasia. And this is after the giant big Pangaea supercontinent broke up. Mm-hmm. Everything in the north which now uh, is Asia, Europe, and North America, those were all Laurasia is what it's called.
2: So you'll find similar types of plants up there. Yes. In, the, in the northern right. hemisphere. Yeah, correct. And then similar types in the southern hemisphere. Exactly. This is like in uh, you know, in, in a song of ice and fire, I feel like potocarp is like Dorn. Like now it's you, not a big part of the story.
1: You better be careful. You're 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 tone a line here.
2: No, I think I'm, I think I'm safe. All
1: right. Just making sure.
2: I'm not, I will not mention the F word. Thank you. <laughs>
1: uh, it's yes. like Dorn.
2: It's like, it's, it's, it's a huge chunk of the continent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it's like not talked a lot about in that story because the story takes place in sort of the, the yeah, northern so parts more of a northern thing. Yeah, the exactly. Northern parts. Yeah. But then it's like this huge thing, of course, down, of course, uh, Southern hemisphere I'm sure podocarps are extremely well-known.
1: They are very well-known. Now, let me give you some of these families, uh, or rather, some of the genre within this family. Okay. There's acmopyle, afrocarpus, dacricarpus, dacridium, Wow. halocarpus, logostrobus, lager
2: Strobus. lager
1: Strobus. all
2: right yeah, i know a just, guy named lager <laughs> Yeah, i
1: met him over at the pub he was drunk as hell
2: <laughs> lager you know lager well it's in his name this
1: is l-a-g-e-r it is exactly is it A-G. really yeah 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 <laughs> now here's a fun one that we're not going to be able to talk about but maybe i can convince you to let me do some research on it and get paid for it it is paris parasitaxis.
2: Parasitaxis. Yes.
1: Now, what does that sound like to you?
2: Taxis is like you. That's you. Yeah. And Paris is like parasite. Uh-huh. Aha. Parasita- is par- parasitic you?
1: Yes, this is it. It is, so far to my knowledge, the only parasitic conifer.
2: Holy shit. Yeah. Well, let's let's definitely get into that someday. Okay. Now
1: it only grows, according to my calculations, 1.5 meters tall, which is uh, not a tree, no. <laughs> demonstrably. So we can't cover it here today. I'm sorry.
2: But it is in the potto carp. Family, yes, Potocarpaceae. that's correct. Exactly. Okay.
1: So back to our tree that we are talking about today. Yeah. This is the totara. So this tree, and again, everyone, you have to give us a pass if you're down in the southern hemisphere. You hear us say these words, and you're like, "What idiots! Their mouths do not make the right sounds." We're sorry. The We're podcast regrets the air. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a tree that, in its native habitat, gets huge, easily up to a hundred feet or thirty meters ish tall, and it can grow a stem diameter of over 12 feet
2: wow Huge.
1: like another gigantic tree so when you were saying you walk around and you see this thing that looks like a tree mm-hmm. and you're like what is this fully no it'll fully be a tree, tree. Okay. yeah you'll know it the thing that looks different is that it as it gets larger um it kind of looks like a big bushy shrub it looks like if a just just went massive. Yeah. So its leaves are very u like. So they're very kind of dark green almost brown color. Hmm. And they are linear, which means they are flattened, not quite needle-like. So if you think of a spruce, they're like either in squares or triangles if you cut cut them in cross section. Yeah. And they look like needles. They come straight out. Whereas this, they look more like a grand fir or a yew or another species that has kind of, if you take a uh, what you think of as a needle and you smash it down and you roll pin it out mm-hmm. and it becomes a flattened kind of uh, lance-like thing. It's not quite broad, but it is definitely a flattened linear looking leaf.
2: I would say it's sort of the shape of like a French roll.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Or like a short baguette.
1: Yeah, but completely flat.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
1: It's just it's a it's a it's a, 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 a exactly uh, it's the outline of it.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. It uh, I, to me I would I would describe this as just little lanceolate leaflets. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. 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 Little long leaves.
1: Mm-hmm. So they are just gorgeous they're pointed at the tip so they're a little bit pokey they you're not going to want to go and shake hands with this tree for too long and they come out spirally arranged cool but often alex they come out spirally arranged and either come out left and right they kind of look like they're uh they're opposite or mm. because they go out left and right sometimes but often you'll see them just coming out in every direction so they they tend to have these kind of two two main forms of okay growing.
2: Like per tree?
1: Um, Yeah, and also like where it is on the tree, higher up or lower down in the sun, in the shade, that kind of
2: thing. I'm I'm reminded of, um, what is another, uh, is is the monkey puzzle spirally arranged?
1: Um, Yes, monkey puzzle is spirally. um, Most of the furs, everything in the pine family is technically spirally arranged. Okay, Um, It just so happens like the grand fir, for example, its needles are connected in a spiral pattern, Mm -hmm. but they grow out perfectly horizontal. So they kind of twist, and then grow flat. So they look like they come out opposite, left and right, left and right, left and right, but they're actually, the ones on top grow 100% off to one side. The ones on bottom grow 100% off to one side. Gotcha. So they just kind of make you, they're a trick. Okay. So, So that's the first thing you're gonna see. And as this tree grows older and gets bigger, it kind of loses its top. It kind of becomes a little dead top, kind of like Mm. what a Western red cedar would look like. And it looks to me like, A, it's a gigantic tree, big and thick, doesn't always get super tall unless it's in a big forested area. Mm. So you can get these big monoliths that look like these gigantic, big, huge columns with kind of these Puffs of of like new foliage coming out. Like yeah. it looks like you have little trees on top of big trees.
2: It's very soft looking. It almost looks like one of those big, like like a Toy Story cloud. Yeah,
1: totally. You know, yeah. sort
2: of bubbly and it's exactly and that's a
1: great description. Mm. Unfortunately though, like I said, it is pokey. So oh. it's gonna poke you. And like sharp, sharp? Um, I think well, I think it's kinda like a a a, a medium sized spruce. So you touch it and you're like, ooh, hmm, all right. Okay. But it's not going to be like, ah, ooh, ooh, lay down and have you know someone come over, give you some air, you know, splash water <laughs> on your face. I don't think it's going to be that bad.
2: To remove them like porcupine needles yeah, out of a exactly, dog's face. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I don't think you'll need any tweezers. Okay. Um. So they're but they're also not very big, so it looks a lot like a U, and the tree gets really big it has kind of uh, more or less utility bark but it looks more like strappy and uh fibrousy so it has a lot it looks a lot like what you'd expect a uh, a cypress tree or something to have it's a like, good looking bark a little shreddy yeah i think it's very attractive
2: i think even like cypress looking utility bark is like better than yeah i don't know pine utility bark
1: i think you're i think you're onto something there i think yeah. you're right now the thing about the potto carps is really kind of what set them apart and a lot of their family. Uh, but they are not the only ones to have this distinction. There are other trees that do a similar kind of thing, but the podocarps are like one of the top examples of this. Okay. And they have cones. that The only way we can call them cones is when we say, in a technical sense, these are cones. Ah. Uh. It's almost to the point where we say, these aren't conifers. These are gymnosperms. Because their cones, very similar to the U, mm-hmm. are so uh. reduced to the point where they just essentially don't exist. What are they? They are technically cones. Mm-hmm. But what you see looks like a red berry with a seed perched on top. Oh, Yeah. And if you just Google it, you can find lots of different pictures of carp. Just look up carp fruit and okay. you'll, you'll find a picture of it very simply. And it is really unique. And I had to like figure this out. I did the same thing for use because there are a lot of, the ideas of what exactly it is so i ended up going to the trusty wow a natural history of conifers by alios farjan yeah so he made this great diagram to show how the carps work and essentially they have a tiny like single cone scale ish kind of thing hmm. and that little tiny thing is called an epimation or epimadium.
2: Epimadium. I think,
1: yeah, I think epimation is probably a better description of it.
2: Okay, and that's um, the name of the scale?
1: Yes, it's essentially this, it's it's I, the best way I can describe it without getting so technical that it makes this an unlistenable show. Yeah. Let's just call it a scale. Okay. Then on either side of that are two bracts. Okay. On either side of those, or on in the middle of that epimatum, is the pollination drop
2: pollination drop.
1: Yes. That is essentially a bit of liquid that will capture pollen as it uh, as it hits.
2: Oh, it's like a little fly trap for exactly. pollen. Exactly.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. Wow. So it gets stuck on and then the pollen tube finds the ovule, fertilizes it. When that happens, those two bracts that are on either side kind mm-hmm. of, you know, holding it together, they start to grow bigger almost immediately. Okay. So they start to grow bigger and they fuse together. Wow. And that central kind of axis that they're on, Elongates a little bit as they those two things also get bigger and fuse together those two bracts. Then the epimadium or the epimatium closes over the top of the the little tiny ovule, which is mm-hmm. the seed that starts to develop, and it ends up creating this long kind of aerial receptacle. Do you remember what a receptacle is? Uh no. Excellent, Alex.
2: <laughs> I really. I did I did as as deep a dig I, as I, I could in I 2 could. seconds.
1: The uh, the receptacle is the bit that holds a flower onto the stem.
2: Ah okay. So
1: onto the actual trunk or whatever it is. The pedestal if uh, if it has one. Okay. So that is essentially the bit that subtends the flower and the rest of the the fruit that comes afterwards. Mm -hmm. So in this case, it's not a true flower because they don't flower, but as soon as it gets pollinated, this becomes the equivalent of a receptacle. So everyone's like, well, that is the receptacle. So it gets the term. Receptacle gets fleshy. Those two bracts fuse together and they become a big, red, berry-looking thing. Wow! That big, berry-looking thing has this seed that is on the top. That seed looks like it's just sitting there. Like it looks, it looks like a fake piece of candy. A lot of times they're like a little bluish brown, brown, blackish kind of color. Interesting. So it looks a lot like if you just Google photos, you can find lots uh-huh. and it looks like there is a, um, like a fruit snack that's red, like uh-huh. a raspberry or a strawberry fruit snack uh-huh. with a little blueberry fruit snack sitting on top.
2: Yummy. <laughs> so that's what it looks like, <laughs> and okay. it
1: well. looks delicious. Like I won't lie.
2: The process that you just described to me Reminds me of like When you're a kid And yeah. you come up with something really imaginative Or you uh-huh. draw Did you ever like draw things Like draw mechanisms when you were a kid Yeah I think like, so first this drops into this So then it hits this And it grows into this <laughs> Yeah, I think it did. It, I felt times. like your mom and like you were a little kid describing uh, this weird thing you can do. And came then it with. does
1: this, and then the bracts become this.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy, that sounds great. And then it becomes really fleshy, and then a seed comes Whoa, out. <laughs> okay, okay, Casey. Why don't, what, have you, what have you been watching recently? Why do you know that word? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, how strange. It's so it alien. Is.
1: It's very alien, yeah. Wow. And all of these plants, they developed right at the end of the Cretaceous. Oh. So they don't go too far beyond that. And that's essentially you know
2: 65 million years ago. It shows. It does show.
1: <laughs> wow. You look a little Cretaceous, okay?
2: You didn't develop until the end of the Cretaceous, and it shows.
1: And it shows. <laughs> oh my God.
2: How could you say that? It's so rude.
1: Yeah, so this is... So they They really... Uh, they The whole family probably evolved in the triassic which is like 220 million years ago god damn yeah but the podocarp's like this specific group so don't worry about the the names and why the the group podocarp's uh meaning like podocarpus the genus Mm. evolved in the cretaceous which is like 65 million years ago near the end yet the family itself is way older just don't Don't worry about that.
2: I'm not even, I don't even know what you're saying enough to worry about it.
1: Thank God, Alex. Thank God. So at the end of the Cretaceous, about 65 million years ago, Mm -hmm. is really when this family started, or is really when this uh, genus started to develop. Mm. This is also coincidentally when the land masses of Gondwana started to separate, Ah. specifically New Zealand. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. So all these uh, these podocarps, uh, have a really interesting history mm. in this this southern area, and it has a lot to do with their fruit. Okay. So you're familiar with angiosperms, right?
2: Yes. Hold on. Angiosperm. Hmm. Inside. That's inside.
1: Uh, hidden, kind of
2: hidden fruit
1: yeah all right yeah, uh, hi- yeah, yeah Yeah. hidden
2: uh that means that the there's the our, seed
1: our scorekeepers are giving you points <laughs> for that yeah, yeah yeah that's good
2: there's no way they would thanks bill. Uh, the seed is hidden meaning it's inside a fruit
1: um yes so like it is a in-
2: covered, c- seed. covered 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 yes. covered covered which
1: is why i think you get credit hidden covered okay same thing yeah exactly. i think in this case
2: the jeopardy judges would give me that one exactly bill uh, curtis would give you that thank you and then gymnosperm being out like Uh, uh, Uncovered Yeah like a ginkgo,
1: exactly, or Naked.
2: any any pine or any Precisely. most conifers, right?
1: Yes, exactly, okay. including arbuto carbs. Okay, so remember that little droplet with the ovule right there that's just exposed out to the oh, world. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same. Uncovered. Thing. Okay, so it's just sitting out there in the open. Essentially, what this is is as you have conifers, the way they develop is they have a cone scale and a bract. These compound things where there's always those two bits. Now, in the cypress family, the scale has been reduced to almost nothing, but the bract has become bigger, and that is what the, the seeds are sitting on top of. So, what we say as a uh, on a cypress cone, look at those peltate scales, for instance. Yeah. That's really, we should technically probably be saying, look oh. at those peltate bracts. Wow, okay. But it's an arbitrary distinction, you know? Why did we choose one to be the scale, the other to be the bract, you know?
2: Sure. Okay. But they, like, for all intents and purposes, in that case, the bracts are the scales. Exactly. uh, Yeah. Colloquially.
1: Yes. Now, the rest of the botany going into this is really complicated. So, if you want to get into it, everyone, please go pick up your copy of The Natural History of Conifers by Alios Farion. All right. So, he goes into it in here. The easiest way to think about it is that there's this compound bit. There's a scale and there's a bract. The scale, for all intents and purposes, is a Old modified leaf. Mm -hmm. So, on conifers uh, that we're familiar with, let's say true fir, that branch initially would grow up and it would have what used to be leaves coming out. But those leaves get turned into these fertile. Things that start producing ovules. So as soon as that the genes say you are now a fertile shoot, then instead of producing normal leaves, they produce scales and bracts. Okay. So then you have all these little ovules on it. They are spirally arranged, and that little that little thing we call a cone. That little short shoot of modified leaves.
2: This is what you say when you say when we say like modified leaf tissue.
1: Yeah, it, kind they of. They all
2: kind of start as the same thing, and then yeah. the DNA says. You're going to become this bract. Exactly. You're going to become this leaf. You're going to become a cone scale. Yeah. You got it totally right. You're going to clown school. (laughs) You're going to law school. What? (laughs) Captain (laughs) Gene.
1: Sorry, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Captain (laughs) Gene. Yeah, it's really, it's kind of a weird thing. I think someone, uh, who was it? It was like an old philosopher sometime, Hmm. said essentially... Everything is just a modified leaf. Like you can really think about almost everything as a modified leaf, except for maybe stems. Stems are probably the one thing that are kind of really different. Maybe roots even, but roots are probably just modified stems. So how far you want to go back, it's all subjective at some point, but we might as well just say here, this is, is the same mechanism, but instead of growing up like a true fur and becoming big and having multiple spirally arranged little individual bits, they've reduced it down to one. Hmm. That one has one ovule on it. That one ovule gets fertilized and becomes one seed cool so that is what they have done but the thing that makes them separate and different is that they like the ewes and to some extent like the junipers yes have developed this fleshy appendage in fact the ewes are probably the the closest ones excuse me the you have a fleshy
2: appendage (laughs) you have a fleshy appendage
1: (laughs) okay thank thank you
2: uh i'm gonna go it's like a doctor's appointment
1: well that is a that's uh that's one of the three mm. things that sets this tree apart which is kind of what i wanted to talk about so you asked casey could you tell me a little bit about these potato cars
2: i see now that this is the whole thing this
1: is the whole thing yeah. we've actually been in the episode for 20 minutes
2: <laughs> my friend <laughs>
1: Uh oh. Don't don't tell me. Don't 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 tell me. Um so what's cool about this is remember we have Gondwana, which is now many multiple different individual island groups, mm-hmm. let's just say. Where you have Africa and South America. Yes, 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 I know. They're not islands, but let's not get into semantics here.
2: Are we are we in Gondwana times, right now.
1: Yes, let's okay. start there. So we're in is Gondwana. Gondwana
2: in the room with us, Casey. I, I
1: think so. Hello. <laughs> so it started. Uh, oh, it started to split up, and this is when Antarctica was a forested wonderland.
2: Wow, really? Yeah, it's hard to believe.
1: It is so hard to believe, and the main reason that it is what it is today mm. is that when the uh, the continents of Africa and South America split off then the ocean currents changed and t- started to essentially rotate around the continent hmm. at the bottom of you know what we call it the bottom of the world because we've decided again arbitrarily yeah one way north the other south sure people tend to think south is down it is not necessarily right it's just one interpretation it's just that way it's just that way so Right down at the pole, we have this new current that starts to go around and essentially caused Antarctica to become frigidly cold. Okay. And everywhere above it, because it's obviously at a pole, because it's at a pole, it has that warm and cool temperature, uh, just the way we do up in the Arctic. But same thing down there. If you start to go. Up the latitudes towards the equator, it gets a little warmer, a little warmer, a little warmer. It mm-hmm. Becomes tropical or subtropical, then tropical, then it starts going back down towards temperate as you move up to the northern hemisphere. Sure. So, down in this Gondwana land, there were potocarp. All right. There you go. It lives, it exists. As it started to split up uniquely, that is when the Potocarps also started to really blossom and become species. Hmm. And you can trace the Potocarp as a uh, as a genus, Potocarpus. You can trace it basically where are the species and which ones are closely related to where they live. So Australia, New Zealand has about six species. They're all within their own clade. That branch of the family tree, all related. The Africa, the subtropical Americas, tropical Americas, New Caledonia, Fiji, Indochina, all these places that have any species, all those species are very closely related to each other in that region.
2: Are those are those species also related with the other clade? They are, but only very distantly. Really? Yeah. But they're all still carp.
1: Exactly. So they're all in the same genus. they're mm-hmm. all very closely related, just like we have lots of pines. But the difference is what happened in su- in the southern hemisphere is that you had these these this one big mass mm-hmm. covered with the original trees, right or maybe the original tree. then that split into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different places. okay as they split, now, it would be like you and me are brothers, and now you are on continent A, I'm on continent B. Okay. So, my family becomes the Casey ACA. Mm-hmm. Yours becomes the Alice Alex ACA. Mm-hmm. So, that is... These are horrible names. I'm sorry, everyone, for the confusion. I like Okay, great. I'm happy you do. So, we are closely related. You and me are brothers, but... As our family goes down, my kin looks like me, your kin looks like you. Sure. Not so distant from each other because, well, our, our parents are very closely related, but you can see very clearly how these things happen.
2: But also, as we create more offspring and as yeah. our offspring create offspring. Find
1: their niches and things like that.
2: Those are getting less and less related to each other. Exactly. Okay. Precisely. And okay. that and is what it's been 65 million years of this. So there's
1: a lot of time, So that's right? a lot
2: of... that's a lot of speciation
1: exactly yeah so these trees all the pottle carps have done that exact thing okay so they've all moved around and you can find all these different species across and what they did Mm. and specifically in new zealand specifically totara has used their ability to create this very particular kind of non-cone cone yeah to compete with another kind of tree Hmm. that is growing down in these areas that's far more successful, and that's the angiosperms. Oh, wow. The angiosperms. Yes, these are the fruiting trees, the trees that make flowers and then produce fruit Uh that are eaten by bears and
2: and just to just to clarify because i need to i need to say this thing over and over to understand it myself say
1: it out loud alex
2: angiosperm is hidden covered covered seed seed. yes and if you are wondering what the fuck that means think of like an acorn yeah the seed is in that acorn it's in this little house
1: inside that what used to be an ovary
2: or a peach the seed is covered in this fleshy, uh, mature fruit. Yes. It's hidden.
1: That's perfect.
2: As opposed to a kind of like a pine cone. I'm saying pine cone.
1: Yes, from a pine tree. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh the, the you can look at the seeds. You can see them in there. You can shake the thing and then they'll come out.
1: Yeah. And now if someone was to respond, well aren't they covered by the cone? Not really. You would say yes, exactly. Not really because it's the ovule that is really the thing that's initially covered. Yeah. So the ovule is tucked away inside fused carpels and that basically means the same thing again modified leaves these modified leaves covered over the top of the seed and hid it away so that in order to get to it you have to go through a essentially giant mechanism of keeping everybody else out which we call a flower
2: I probably wouldn't say that to that person That's fair But I wouldn't know to say <laughs> that I would just say no not um, really <laughs> <laughs> and shrug. just walk
1: away <laughs> God, I really didn't <laughs> learn anything from that guy.
2: Okay, so the Tatara, have they're in they're sort of like a stranger in a strange land. Yeah. And they're in they're in Angiosperm country and they've got to adapt So they kind of like paint themselves to look like the angiosperms. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And
1: now New Zealand is famous for its birds. And they have had, uh, they've been separated from Antarctica and then more broadly from Australia for about 65 million years. Mm. They they were touched and, and got a little closer and then went away a few different times kind of in that period. But for the most part... The flora and fauna of New Zealand has been the flora and fauna of New Zealand for something like 65 million years. Yeah, With very few... Other things coming or going. In fact, there's one instance they 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 say in again one of my favorite places the the gymnosperm database. Oh yeah. It literally the second paragraph says there's an unsolved mystery of biogeography hmm. affecting P. totara, which is Podocarpus totara, where there is another species that it looks almost exactly right, wow. which is Podocarpus nubigenus.
2: Nubigenus.
1: Yes. Isn't that a fun name? That seems like some kind of planet somewhere, just to be
2: clear. Hey, look at your Nubaginus. It looks oh, great.
1: Thank you. I just <laughs> got it redone. Oh, my God.
2: And that Nubaginus energy.
1: Yeah, I really. Yeah, you got it. You really got it. So this is, it's another species that grows in the Valdivian forest rainforest of South America okay. in Chile. Okay. So we don't know. Nobody knows. There's a few other examples there where the this is a species that looks morphologically mm. just like the tatara. Interesting. But they can't figure out there had to have been some dispersal thing because they over 65 million years just like you said uh-huh. the 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 offspring would look
2: Oh, way different. Okay, so they can't even assume that maybe they have a f- uh, an, uh, an ancestor in common because Ex- they yeah. look so similar. They're
1: like they must have an ancestor in common that's way younger than sixty five million right. years. Yeah,
2: that's what. I so mean, th- yeah. yeah,
1: so they're thinking that a bird at some point must have taken it over, but they don't have a good answer. They're just guessing.
2: I mean, we've talked about that is the that is really the only way. I guess like okay. A seed needs to get from point A to point B, yeah. island A to island B. Yeah. You have wind dispersal, probably not going to happen. Probably
1: not. It doesn't take it, you know, hundreds and thousands of miles. Sure. Or rather, hundreds or thousands. Or Excuse rather,
2: me. maybe the wind dispersal could get it partway, it falls into the ocean, and then the tides bring it in or something. Very
1: potentially, if it can withstand being submerged in saltwater.
2: That, and if it lands on the sand, it's not necessarily going to take... It's not the right habitat. Right. Uh, you have birds they eat the, they eat the seeds on island A. Yep. fly over to Island B and poop it out. There you go. There's one. People people i'm thinking canoe canoe plants
1: yeah exactly which funny enough New crops this is a canoe plant in that they the maori made canoes all out of the way the pacific northwestern tribes would make mm. one gigantic canoe out of oh, western yeah. red cedar yeah. same thing with the totara it's cool. a very very revered tree has been uh in their entire existence interesting so you're you're totally right nobody knows interesting nobody knows but cool. All this to say, the other two things that they are able to do, podocarps, kind of broadly, mm-hmm. they are very able to take poor soil conditions, and this is because they have ectomycorrhizal relationships.
2: Okay.
1: The one species of uh of tree that they compete with in New Zealand, like in in terms of like forest dominance now not the totara it turns out that's actually not a f- dominant forest tree it's a dominant tree that you can find in a forest but it's not like our douglas fir where you'd see it growing yeah. in, in giant big forests of itself like you know like a
2: monoculture of yeah, totara
1: exactly it's more like a western red cedar and then you're like oh well there's one oh there's another one like okay. oh, there they are so they're big trees they'll grow in lots of spaces but they can take This ectomycorrhizal fungi, whereas the dominant angiosperms, those are the nothophagus. We call them southern beaches. Hmm. They have endomycorrhizal associations, which we also today call arbiscular mycorrhizal, which goes into the cells and creates little trees. That's why it's called arbiscular.
2: And then ecto is outside.
1: Exactly. It's essentially a sheath that goes around the roots and then they transfer stuff. But they don't actually, nobody crosses over any boundaries in a strict sense. Yeah. So... So that is its big thing, and they compete. So one tree cannot really move into the soil space of another tree because it doesn't have the right fungus, because the Mm. fungus is competing in the soil. And if your fungus is winning... You grow there.
2: Isn't oh, wow. That fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, it's kind of out of their hands. Exactly. It's up to the fungus. And
1: it's not so black and white. There's a thousand different things that, that come with it. But yeah, that's a huge reason. It's wow. just the fungal relationship keeps some of these trees able to grow and compete with the angiosperms. Very cool. The other thing is, um, I was telling you, their leaves are kind of like a little flatter. Well, yeah. so, some of them can get really long and others get very wide. Hmm. So they actually have emulated broad leaves by broadening their leaves.
2: Is that in within the genus?
1: Yes, within the genus and within several others that kind of do the same thing. A lot of actual things in the uh, the Taxus uh, family, Taxaceae, mm-hmm. which is the yew family, mm-hmm. they also do a similar thing where they just kind of create these wider leaves that look a little bit more like broad leaves. Now, no one is going to tell you they're broad leaves, but you could look at them and say, yeah, well, they're
2: not needles for sure. So what is... I mean, I guess, like... It, do, is it necessary for the podocarps to kind of replicate or mimic broadleaf trees in order to compete with broadleaf trees? Or could they just, like, do their own thing and compete in their own way? Because I feel like this... We haven't... I haven't... I don't know this... I haven't heard this a lot where, like, trees are, like, adapting by becoming more, like, better... Comp- Competitors?
1: Yeah. Well, I can tell you that this, the carps are probably the example okay. where they have. And the reason why I can say they have to compete this way is because they're the only ones who've successfully done it. Okay. Almost every other space in the world Conifers have been pushed out of, except for the extremes. Yeah. So over here in the Pacific Northwest, we ended up getting a just a climate that was so perfectly adapted to conifers that they will just outcompete. Same thing in Japan, in high mountains, in high latitudes, mm-hmm. but in all of these other spaces, you have found that the whatever advantages are. In the broadleaf trees, the angiosperms, that has been more successful. Go down to any tropical forest, you'll be hard-pressed to find a single, one single conifer Okay. until you get to really dry or really poor soil conditions. Then the conifers start to dominate. Interesting. So in this case, podocarps are able to compete at the big tree level in certain habitats in these areas, mostly the tropical areas. They do not grow very often in the really hard, awful, um, warm soils, the way you'd find junipers and uh, the sequoias and trees that we have around here. Mm-hmm. They just don't exist.
2: So they're like a, they're like a, they have the genes of an, a conifer. Yes. But they're sort of living the life of a broadleaf Exactly. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Up to the fruit because it worked really well for the broadleaves. Yeah. So they modified their fruit and they got birds to do all their dirty work for mm-hmm. them. They are growing with a little bit broader leaves and they're able to compete in the soil where other broadleaves may not have such an
2: advantage. Interesting.
1: They also have this specific shade tolerance. That is a big mm, thing. Okay. So they can grow in bad soils in the shade, and then they can get birds to do their dirty work for them to cool. move their species around. And they have been successful. So to answer your question, I, I guess so. Yes. <laughs> they have to mimic these uh, these broadleaf trees because what they've done has been so successful. Yeah. The only way to also be successful is to do the way they do.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: So, I kind of like
2: potto Carps. Hey,
1: they're very interesting. We're going to talk about a few others in this family before wow. the end of our journey down to New Zealand.
2: How about that? Yeah. Well, Casey, before we uh, before we give our review. Yeah. How exciting. Of this, I'm very excited. Of this potto Carp. We got to take a quick old break. We will be right back with our review of welcome back thank you alex it's completely arbitrary that was our discussion of the totara and podocarps at large casey it's time for a review of the totara here's how it works we're gonna give some final thoughts on this tree and then give it a rating of zero to ten golden cones of honor little little fucked up berry looking cones <laughs>
1: Wow I resent that description hey, that doesn't mean they're
2: not cool Casey as our resident expert we'll begin with you
1: well all right uh we this is such a complex tree like wow. just just to jump into talking about it uh I opted today to talk a little bit about this whole family of trees or not even the family just the genus right? And we could still sit down and talk about all the specifics of this particular tree and even the history of conifers in New Zealand, but we can't do that. So this is, I think, a tree that is uh, similar to the cowrie in that it's like, whoa. Like it's big, it's gorgeous, and it grows in like really interesting ways where it has this like i don't know why but it has this this growth pattern that just looks different Mm. when you see it you're like yeah that tree does not look like a tree that's in our area
2: it kind of looks ai generated if that makes sense Oh wow do you know what i mean i
1: don't think so we may be looking at different photos Hmm. but either way we are okay yeah we always how i interpret the same things yeah yeah well it's a I it, that's a fine way to to describe it. I think it's just like it's a it's a weird tree but it's in a way that I love. Mm. Like the the perfect the perfection of a tree is in its flaws in my opinion. Mm. So as a giant tree is growing up and it's falling apart, its crown is becoming more complex. Mm-hmm. You can see where it's died, you can see where it's got struck by lightning, you can see all these other weird things. You really get the sense that it's that's seen something and it's had to like adapt to all these, you know, harsh things that have come down on it i think that's what makes a tree beautiful
2: totally i also complexity exactly it's like a wine right yes like you could i don't know anything about wine but i do know that like the really really real like the the amazing wines yeah you apparently like take a sip and you're like hit with this just barrage of different Tastes and senses and things I've
1: also heard that And I think you also They're need complex. to like You need to know what you're looking at or So like what you're tasting in this case Yeah
2: or like umami is like yeah. that That fifth thing that's like We don't even know how to describe it It's like really rich and deep Yeah, That's how I feel about those trees that have like There you could map their canopy and it would look like, you know, a crazy cityscape or something.
1: Exactly. It would look wild. Yeah. So that's what I get from this tree. And it's so sad that over time, uh, I think the forest that used to cover New Zealand of like it was eighty to ninety five percent forested. Wow. It's now about twenty five percent or the whole the whole country. Damn. So that was not just because of the Europeans. As soon as the Maori came over, they introduced fire and mm. scientists believe that there was no fire, like except in the very rare volcanic situation really? on all of New Zealand. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't, it has a climate similar to the Pacific Northwest in that it's just rainy all the time, yeah. but there's no dry season. So it just is rainy all the time, mm. but it's kind of like a subtropical half temperate rain. So it is warm and it rains all the time and so it's this very wet place. As soon as the Maori came, they introduced fire because it was a very intense part of their culture. They then used it in a lot of different ways when the Europeans came and then colonized the islands for the second time, you then saw this gigantic like grasslandification. It became nothing but like habitat for sheep, farmland. Farmland, pastures, things yeah. like that. So this tree used to cover everywhere. And it was really important. Uh, like I said, very, very similar to the Western red cedar. And I just think that is, like, I just love this tree that kind of thing like walking through a forest and seeing this boom this huge gigantic tree just off in the distance with this wildly complicated canopy that looks amazing that is covered in birds but it's a conifer Mm. Ooh, it just gets me going (laughs) so i think i'm gonna give this because i am just a fan of conifers and giant trees a 8.9
2: very good gonna
1: give it an 8.9 because i can't
2: help but notice
1: i like cones and that's where this comes down to you're right. This is a cone like thing.
2: Hey. A cone like thing. It's please. a cone like thing. It is a cone, Casey. I
1: see that is it's like I've even read things that that do not go as far to call it a cone.
2: Do you call a juniper, quote, berry a cone or a ewe berry a cone? Yes, I would. But not Well, this. no,
1: not even the ewe because it's a single seed with fleshy bracts. Yeah. So the ewe is the same thing where that fleshy bract just comes down and goes around the seed and kind of like, it's almost like a shade, like a lampshade over the seed. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it develops underneath it and kind of puts the seed right out in the top. Mm. So it, it is just demonstrably not cone-like.
2: That's fine. Well, Casey, I think that the Totara is pretty cool. I think this tree is pretty cool. I like I like this potto cart business. I'm shocked that we haven't talked about any so far in, the, in our uh, three years as a podcast. That's, yeah, I like that you pretty... looked at the clock there. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking at. Um, I, I like... You know, you don't call it a cone. I think it botanically, though, it is right in a technical sense. It yes. is
1: it is a reduced cone to the point of being a essentially single scale.
2: But it is a cone technically. Uh, you, it is a cone. This is my time. Get off stage. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna get pulled off by the cane around my neck. <laughs> yes, yoik. <laughs> Your hat floats midair for a second. Um, so I I I like this tree well enough. Uh, of course, no emotional personal connection to it, but hey, that's my fault for not being born in New Zealand. Um, yeah, way to
1: really fall flat. I'm, there. S- I'm
2: so sorry. This seems, I know that when we did our Lord of the Rings, another dollar, uh, series, you know, we talked about the pedunculate oak, yeah, being the type of tree that would grow on top of bag end, you know,
1: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: I, w- I could see this tree being that tree. Uh, really, a big, a big, beautiful totara on top of of bag end yeah. makes perfect sense. All right. Um, I love the kind of interesting needle like leaf like needle like leaves. Uh, I I okay. love any like the U I love I love those leaves as well, and 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 the U kind of an interesting take on a cone. I think it looks a lot better than this cone. Really? I th- I think this cone looks a little um shoddy maybe <laughs> a little shoddy okay <laughs> a little like unintelligent looking wow. it's just sort of like jammed in there it's like, like a the seed knobby. yeah the seed is just kind of like kind of uh, where do we put the seed i uh, oh, just put um, it on top
1: was that your first draft <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> you know it looks like it looks like you made a cake like a birthday cake and then your kid was like i really love toy story now and you're like oh fuck and you just like uh, took his buzz Lightyear doll and uh, stuck it into the top <laughs> of the cake
1: yeah i see what you're saying yeah
2: uh it doesn't uh, look that smart but it's fine yeah uh i think kay. i'm gonna give this tree like a 7.75 7. 7.75 that
1: feels good to me
2: all right okay yeah.
1: i think i'm okay with that i
2: think it's an all right tree and i'm excited to see what's next Do we want to give a little tease, or should we just move on? I think we should just move on. All right. Well, that was our review. Sorry. Of the Totara. Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary AMA. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Casey, this question comes from our AMA section on our Completely arbitrary, premium platform. If you want to join up and support the podcast, ask us questions, get bonus content, get monthly cone stickers illustrated by different artists, join up on arbitrarypod.supercast.com. There's a couple different plans there. You can pay annually, monthly, you can gift a sub. It all helps the podcast. Casey.
1: Right. Yes, Alex, what do we have? This one
2: comes from Rex Wu. What's up, Rex? Howdy, Rex. Uh, Hey, speaking of Toy Story. Oh. Rex says kill Mary Kiss what Casey, Alex, is this game played on the show before? Oh, Among all the tree species, God. which one would you pick and why? <laughs> so this is sort of this <gasps> has sort of turned into a, uh. a QA and a section and a game.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Except I've um, never played it uh, where the last one is Kiss.
2: Yeah, I think Rex is being PG here. We really
1: appreciate that, Rex.
2: Okay. <laughs> so the idea here, Casey, or if you haven't heard of this game, is that you have an option of three things and you get to you get to select which one you want to kill yeah you have to kill one of them you have to marry one of them and you have to we'll say kiss one of them
1: now does rex give us any specific trees
2: no but i have decided to do this okay
1: alex thank you this is a little bit of a game yeah exactly all right okay okay
2: casey so we are gonna go with Kind of a classic, maybe a gimme, but a Douglas fir.
1: Okay, all right.
2: That is Metasequoia. No, it's not. It is
1: nowhere near <laughs> there. <that. laughs>
2: it is Sudosuka Metisi. Wow. <laughs> Douglas fir. Okay. We are going with... Thorn mimosa, thorn acacia. Mimosa. Yeah,
1: yes. What is that? Uh, it's it's a um, uh, uh, Vachellia mimosa folia. Uh,
2: Vachellia mimosa. I believe that is not it. acacia. Yes.
1: Well, it used that, to be an uh, that's, acacia.
2: That's right. Yeah. Thorn mimosa, Douglas fir, and I'm gonna say a cowrie. A cowrie. Yeah.
1: Whoa. Jeez. Kill, okay. Kill
2: Mary. Kiss.
1: Kill Mary Kiss or
2: Mommy and Daddy Wrestling.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, the more I learn about Douglas Fir, the more I'm I just don't know. Did you know that Douglas fir is invasive down in New Zealand?
2: Do you want me to go first?
1: Uh, Are you ready? Then you should. I've got
2: one at least. Okay. I'm going to marry the Douglas fir.
1: You're going to marry the Douglas fir? He reminds
2: me of home. (laughs) You know, he's he's big. He's cuddly.
1: (gasps) Okay. Look at those
2: cones. He's such a sweetheart. All
1: right. All right. I
2: just... But does he
1: take care of you?
2: Absolutely he does. Wow. Maybe his canopy, you know, his rain cover isn't great, but... If he's, you know, him and his buddies, if you go out with him and his buddies, Mm. he's going to take care of you. All
1: right. That's fair. That's fair. Make sure
2: nobody fucks with you. Um, Also, he's a hometown hero. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It's so
2: attractive to me that he's a hometown hero. He's a
1: traveler. You can go a lot of different places. Uh, Whether you want to or not, you can go. Or whether... Whether they want him there or not, I should say.
2: Although his dad, who he's named after, yeah. it's kind of a sad story. We don't like to talk about him. Yeah, too much. that's fair. Okay. Uh, so I'm definitely marrying Douglas Furr. Marrying
1: Douglas Furr. Okay. I need to say if I was to choose any of these to marry, mm-hmm. it would definitely be the cowrie. Okay. Because I believe I would be essentially a god. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what that, I think that would be fun I
2: think if you marry a god you become at least a demigod
1: exactly and on top of that and get uh get citizenship in new zealand so hey yeah, yeah. I'm in.
2: dual citizen <laughs> all right so uh, that's
1: okay so that's what i would that's i would marry the calorie
2: okay i would say i would Kiss the cowrie. Really? I want that on a an apron. Yeah. Uh, mm, kiss
1: me, uh, I'm a cowrie.
2: <laughs> I think the cowrie, you know, just look at that look at that stem.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: That's a thick boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <gasps> All right, that's fair. That's yeah. when you kiss. Okay, and it's also
2: just like you know this big, tall, thick, strong bear of a tree. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I just feel like he would be a good lover.
1: And in case your uh, your matrimonially connected partner, uh-huh. Douglas Fur, uh, they would have a heart. That would be an equal fight, I think.
2: I think so. I don't know who would win in that. Hell, they no, may even get it. along. This is uh, part of our whole arrangement, Casey. I see.
1: I see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very fair.
2: And of course, that leaves you know I'm killing the thorn mimosa.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta kill something.
2: If the thorn mimosa were a person, <laughs> it would be like this rat tail wearing, like thin <gasps> mustache, but wow. not shaved to be thin. It just grows that way. Yeah. Kind of oily person, you know, <laughs> peas in bottles because he's too lazy to walk to the bathroom. That's
1: horrifying.
2: That kind of guy. And I just, I would rather he not exist.
1: Huh. Okay. All right. And that's you know I'm fair. not
2: kissing him and I'm not getting married to him.
1: All right. I see what you're saying. Well- I I have to I have to agree. I would also kill the thorn mimosa.
2: He lives off his off his grandmother's disability mm, uh, payments, mm-hmm, you know,
1: and doesn't like help. His grandmother. No, of course not. Yeah, she waits just, on him
2: hand and foot. She's like she's like really old. She
1: thinks that
2: she's doing him a favor.
1: Yeah, when really.
2: She's holding him back.
1: Moochin. All right. No, 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 no. He's taking advantage of her. Yes. Yes. That,
2: okay. I, that's essentially what I'm saying.
1: Well, I think that's fair. Mostly because I don't want to, I don't want to kiss a tree that is so, so violent.
2: Sure. Me. Yeah. You know, I certainly
1: don't want to marry one uh, because I don't like the desert. Ah, I yeah. like the desert just fine, but I prefer big forests of conifers.
2: It's fine to visit.
1: You know, some people just have their orientations. I'm a conifer person. That's right. I'm just a conifer person. It's the way it is. <laughs> it's the way it's going to be.
2: You're allowed to have your tastes. Thank you. Uh,
1: which means, of course, I would kiss the Douglas firs. We just switched on that. I would only kiss the Douglas fir because I agree with that, but I kind of have this feeling that Douglas firs kissed everybody. Oh, so I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll join, but I just I want I want something a little more
2: exclusive. I see, and
1: that's why I'm choosing the cowrie to marry. Douglas
2: fur is a little bit of a,
1: it's uh, it's everywhere. You can find yeah. it down in Mexico at any point. You can find it up in BC in Canada at any point. You Fair. can find it running amuck in other countries it's something it's something to be like okay you're a little bit Mm -hmm. you're a little bit too wild for me even in your native land
2: you look at his instagram and it's like wow who are these other trees yes like this was from two months ago we we just started dating a month ago like were you just dating someone right up until you got with me that you didn't tell me about like
1: i don't know but i don't want to i don't trash talk too much because i know you guys you're you know in, or
2: betrothed, although yeah. now I'm having second thoughts. <laughs>
1: oh, sorry, 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 sorry.
2: Yeah, there you go. Huh.
1: Yeah, we should play this game again, but with a different, uh,
2: a different set, a different set. I love it.
1: Mostly, if there is no uh, conifers,
2: I don't know what I do. Well, that's a good idea for next time. Ugh, I'm Create a little, some drama.
1: Well, my mouth is dry. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much, Rex, for your question. That was fun. Uh, Hey, if you've got a question for us or even a game suggestion, join up on Completely Arbitrary.
1: Tremium!
2: At arbitrarypod.supercast.com. Dot com, That's right. You
1: can also find it if you go to our Instagram, our websites, all over the place. That's Basically, right. just look us up, you'll find it.
2: Google arbitrary, Google completely arbitrary Tremium, and you will find it. That's
1: exactly right.
2: Casey Clapp. Alex, we've come to the end of another fine episode. I like to think that we just rolled into Brie.
1: And where's Brie? Or are you saying we have been rolled into the
2: cheese Brie? B R E E a little holdfast uh just just east of uh, Hobbiton, Casey. Oh
1: God.
2: Alex, oh, that's shoot. like five bucks. It's <laughs> not gonna get us
1: a very good thing. We maybe get a, like a eight-ounce latte around here. Hey. Better sounds, than
2: nothing. Sounds good to me. Um yeah, so we, we have we have a couple more that's New right. Zealand trees coming and up. We got
1: a few more.
2: And we promise not to say good day anymore. We will after right after we finish recording, Casey. You're
1: gonna delete it all.
2: I'm gonna Google. What is an appropriate cool slang greeting in New Zealand? And we'll go with that. All right. That sounds great to me. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. Hey, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See you later.
1: Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp.
2: Our artwork is by Gillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals.
1: And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod.
2: And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.